0: Hey guys, welcome to Self-Evident Podcast, Late Night Live. I am Mike. It is Wednesday, 10 o'clock at night. Thank you so much for tuning in, being here with me. Tonight, we are going to talk about truth. I know it almost sounds like a boring topic. I promise I'll make it even more boring for you than you expect it to be, but it'll still be fun. We'll still understand it a little bit better after we get done. The whole reason I want to cover truth is because truth is so vital, it's really the bedrock. And what we're seeing right now in today's culture is the, the complete rejection of truth. I mean, if you think about Donald Trump's presidency, if you, if you think about the two words that come to mind immediately that, that just describe his campaign, his presidency, not about him, but just the general feeling, fake news. So this idea of non-truth, we have to understand the importance of truth and the vitality of it in order to be able to get back where we want to go, which is back to a limited government, back to a constitutional republic, back to a, a Judeo-Christian values setup. right? We need truth and we need to sit on it. And so the whole reason that I'm going to talk about this is because if we don't get truth right and we don't understand the importance of it, we're going to get all the other parts wrong. Because we'll be living on lies. You notice that? You notice as soon as you give up truth, you're actually living on a lie. You're actually believing lies. You're actually seeking out lies because you're not sure what to weigh them against. So we're going to get into it. You know, some people might ask, what does it have to do with the Constitution? This is kind of a philosophical thing that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about laws. I'm thinking about regulations. I'm thinking about the spirit of the Constitution. Well, let me read you a couple of quotes that I think are going to put this in perspective, because if you don't have a moral and upright people, you can't support a constitution like ours. So I'm going to read a couple quotes for you. This institution will be based on the illimitable freedom of the human mind. For here we are not afraid to follow truth wherever it may lead, not tolerate error as long as reason is left free to combat it. That's Thomas Jefferson. Next one we have is, there is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. George Washington. And this one really gets me. This, this Adams quote I love. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution was made for only a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So, what they're actually getting into on this is you have to have a a foundation of morality and uprightness and virtue to support a Constitution like ours. Because, guess what? Our Constitution is not oppressive, it allows people free will. Now, you may ask, where does truth come into that? Why why would truth even play a part of that? We're talking about morality. But if you stop for a second, you'll realize truth is so intrinsic to morality. So what is truth? What is this idea? What, what are we talking about here? There's two schools of thought. I'm not going to get deep into them, but there's objective truth and there's subjective truth. Objective truth is it's actually true that it's true no matter how you feel about it, no matter what you see, no matter what your experience is. The idea of an absolute truth. The other side of it is subjective truth. Subjective truth is the idea that it's a truth based on an experience or based on your perception, based on other different factors which the truth will change if one of the factors changes. Now, with objective truth, it's it's this idea of absolute truth. And w- one of the questions that I like to ask is, if you don't believe in absolute truth, if you say there's no absolute truth, are you absolutely sure about that? Besides the fact you're making an absolute statement that there's no absolute truth. Now, that's an aside. That's a whole different philosophical argument. But we're getting down to the basic of objective truth versus subjective truth. Now, if there's subjective truth it changes on the whims of people. And you notice in culture, the whims of people change things very rapidly. And the truths change. And I'm not mocking, but I'm gonna say this. The truth, 50, 60 years ago, was that there were two genders, male and female. Now, the truth is becoming accepted that there's 43 genders, 72 genders, unlimited number of genders, and I'm not mocking, I, I the whole idea is, is rather ridiculous to me, but my point is made. The truth has changed, and so we have to decide, are we going to go subjective, which means the truth can change with the will of the people and the ups and downs of the waves, or are we going to go with objective truth? And with objective truth, there's a foundation there, a bedrock, that no matter how people feel about it, it's still there. And that's so important to have when you're talking about morality or you're talking about the Constitution, because you have to have a scale. You have to have a standard. And I'm actually I'm going to show you that from a biblical sense. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in order for God to be truth, this means that not just that God is a definer of truth, right? Everybody says God is truth. God is love. It's not just that he is a definer of truth or he has a characteristic of truth. It's that he is actually truth. His existence is truth. Let me go a step further. Let's assume God is, is uh, without beginning or end. Christ says as much right he is the alpha and the omega he's he is he is the i am right if god doesn't have a beginning and god is truth that means that truth is a trait that has no beginning it wasn't that god spoke it into existence it was that it has always existed with him the same thing with love so when we decide okay did god decide what's good and what's bad or was, was it good and bad on its own merit? You have to come to the conclusion that truth and love existed as long as God has existed, which is forever, eternity. So therefore, these things were not created by God. They are there. They are inherent. They are the own thing. So with this truth, Christ was saying, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, if he's truth, if he's God— When you reject Christ, you are actually rejecting truth. You're accepting a lie. So you are putting yourself there and saying, I am going to reject the truth, whatever it may be, and I'm going to accept a lie. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve decided they were going to not believe the truth They're going to disobey the order from truth and go with a lie and believe a lie. How many people have you seen who are deluded? You see them and you see that they are actually honestly believing a lie. And you wonder, how can I possibly convince this person that they're going the wrong path because they're believing a lie? It's the same way that God looks at us when we reject him. They're following a lie. They're following darkness. They're not accepting truth and following truth. So when we think about a single person, you're an individual, you're living your own life. And, and last week, Massey and I had talked about, we had talked about, okay, what do we do? What does a person do in, in their sphere, in their life, in order to affect change? And with the individual, we talked a little bit about the, the responsibility of the individual. And I want to harp on this idea a little bit because I think it's so valuable for us to get it down of what an individual is supposed to do in order to uh, affect change, pursue the best of them, to find self-actualization. Your first step is to be honest, to be truthful with yourself. Now, why is that important? Because let's go back to a person who's living a lie. Does a lie help or hurt their life? Now, it may help in the short term, but what it actually does is it ends up building a protection against other things. With us, as an individual, when we're living a lie, when we're believing a lie, we're actually protecting ourselves from the truth, which the truth, notice Christ said, the truth shall set you free. Now, first step, he was talking about the gift of him himself. He was the only way to salvation. So that is the truth. But also there's a second level there that we use a lot in secular world speak that we don't really understand the importance of it. We say the truth shall set you free. Therefore, you know, if, if the newspapers would just print the truth, we'll all be free. Yes, to some extent, but it's a lie that actually captures you. The lie binds you up and holds you down, whereas the truth is where you can actually build healing. So let's go into this in a more of a psychological sense, and we'll move into the moral sense. Psychologically, with a truth— Done under the proper procedure, you must accept truth in order to find healing from past traumas, from heavy events that have happened in your life. You need to expose those events with truth and taking responsibility over the truth. Because so often what people do is they they form a lie to protect themselves to build a wall. What happens is that wall isn't strong enough. So they build another wall another lie, and they build another, and they build another, and they try to suppress the truth in order to protect themselves, and it ends up collapsing in on itself. Now take this out to a social or societal level, and you have a society that is trying to protect itself from the truth, and it gets so wayward that it ends up facing the wrong direction, doing the wrong things, going by the whims of the people because we've rejected truth. We've rejected the foundation and we've decided we need to go with whatever we feel and we need to go with, with what other people tell us right is right. There's a difference between taking facts and deciding we're right and taking facts and determining truth. The, today's age, we decide we want to be right. We don't decide that we want to be truthful or honest. And Christ points this out in a really good way. So I was talking about the psychological aspect of people being truthful, the necessity of it. There's a moral to being honest, right? When you're honest, when you're truthful, what you end up doing is you end up building on the proper foundation. And you can be honest with yourself to cleanse yourself of the immoralities that you have. Now, I know that sounds very Baptist, conventional, whatever. What I'm talking about is... How could you possibly start to understand the things that need cleaning up in your life if you're not willing to be truthful with yourself? You have to be truthful with yourself and be responsible with that truth in order to change and improve yourself. And I'm going to take Christ with the church of Laodicea. So this is what he says to the church. He says, uh, let me find it. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Here's where he calls him out on it. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But do you not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and solve to put on your eyes, so you can see those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Notice this idea. You have yourself deluded. You think you're rich, you think you're good, you think you're 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 safe. You think you're abundant, but really you're wretched, you're poor, you're naked, you're blind. You don't see the truth. You're not accepting it. And he's saying, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth because you won't accept the truth. And we have to understand that if we're not accepting of the truth, if we're not sitting on that foundation in our own life, we're becoming lukewarm towards the things around us. You will live such a more abundant life when you are honest with yourself in the proper context. And by proper context, I mean, look, there are people with huge traumatic events in their lives that they've blocked off to save their own psyche. And it takes counsel and it takes a guide to walk you through actually coming to terms with the truths that are hidden deep within you. It's not necessarily a process everybody can just do all at once. Um, and for the Christian, that walk is with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that can guide you on that path. And I'll tell you, there, there are things in my life which God has had to pull apart very slowly and put truth back in. Because if I had received the truth all at once, it would have torn me apart because the lies were so ingrained in who I was and in so many different facets of my life. You gotta remember it's just like pulling roots. If you pull a root, it's attached to other things. If you don't pull it correctly, you might uproot other things that weren't meant to be uprooted. And so that's where the the use of the truth is so valuable and vital and necessary, but it's a careful process. Um, So I say that because I don't want somebody coming out and, oh, just hammer all of it with truth right away and, and... Blow a person's personality of smithereens. I'm talking about something different here. So where do you move into the culture with this? So the more we respect honesty, truthfulness, the more we demand that our conclusions are based on truth, the more that we shape our life through a process of truth, the more we expect the world around us to be shaped by truth. And we hold that standard to the things that govern us. So you see where I'm going with this? When you as an individual are fastened to truth in your own life and living by truth and being responsible over the things in your life, your family will become shaped more by truth. You're more honest with your loved ones. You're more honest with your wife, with your kids, with your family who don't understand how you're feeling. You're, you stand on truth and principle because you're going with what you know God has called you to do, even if somebody comes against it. So you're more honest and truthful with your family, which people always respect an honest person. And if they don't respect an honest person, they are a dishonest person in their own right. So your family gets built with honesty. Then the people around you that you have an effect on start to change, to become more honest because they see the importance of it in your life and they see the abundance that it brings. You affect the community. You de- you demand truth and honesty when you sit on the school board or you sit on the county commission. You demand truth and honesty from your, your elected officials. You know what I'm noticing? And this is kind of an aside. I'm noticing that candidates are starting to become people that have the potential to have more uprightness than just being a career politician. I'm noticing there's a lot of service members that are starting to stand up. And I'm not saying that all service members are great, honorable, beautiful people. But there's a principle and a connection that service members tend to have to this country and to the values that it espouses. I think that's a, a great sign that we're getting more and more service members. I mean, it used to be that politicians were kind of expected to be veterans. They were kind of expected to be people of, of the society and the culture, not just career politicians who had gotten voted up the chain and that was the only job they had really ever held. Point the finger at you, Bernie Sanders. Career politician, man. Sorry. So... As we hold our culture to a standard of truth, we will expect truth and we'll receive it in return because we won't put up with the lies. We won't put up with the swishing and the swaying and the, the going for popular opinion. We want principle in our politicians. We want principle in our government, but it starts with us. And if there's something outside of the saving grace of Christ that is taught in Christianity, it's taught truth. You need to be honest and truthful with yourself, with your family, with God, because that is your first step to actually self-actualizing yourself. If you're sitting on your couch and you're blaming everybody else for your problems, be truthful with yourself. How much did you just Use as an excuse for your situation. Or was it an easy excuse because you could point the finger at somebody else instead of doing the hard look and being responsible for yourself? We have all kinds of things that happen to us. Every single person has something happen to them through the course of their life. All of us put up with suffering. It's dishonesty and lies that keep us from understanding the suffering in a proper context. So I'm going to leave you with this. We're, we're doing more of a short term or a short segment for these late night lives, just to give you a quick little teaching. So I want to leave you with the fact of, do we treat truth as a friend? Do we treat it as a disinfectant, a light, a blueprint, a scale, or do we treat it as something to hide from? Christ is the truth because he is the embodiment of truth. He is a pure example of it. He is the source of it, and he points us towards it. If we're not seeking truth in our own lives, then we're not actually following what Christ has taught us because we're trying to live by the lies. So I want you guys to just really think about how can you be more honest and truthful in your own life, how to take responsibility over this, and how to move forward in that. How do you find healing with truth? And I promise you, there is healing in Christ. Christ is the one who gives the healing. But your first step is actually admitting that you need Christ, which means you are accepting a truth. You need Christ because without him, there is no reconciliation with God. We all have committed a sin, which the penalty of sin is death. Without Christ as the gift, And the the sacrifice for our sin, we cannot be reconciled to God. We must be punished for our law-breaking. But with Christ, we are reconciled to God. When we accept that gift, we are given salvation. We are reconnected, reunited with God. And from there, we can walk on that truth. You've accepted the first truth if you accept Christ, that you need God. Now let him tell you what truth is and what it's not, what light is, what darkness is. That's the whole reason for the law, to show you what sin was and what it wasn't. So with that, guys, I want you to really pray about this, really think about it, really contemplate. Be sure to share, like, and and comment on this because leave your comments. Let us know what you think. We're here to talk with you. We're here to let you know how we're feeling and what's going on. Uh, One thing I do want to announce before I go, we are going to be placing all of our stuff on Spotify on the platform. If you haven't heard, Spotify is about to go with video as well, and we really want to jump on that. So be keeping your eyes open for our entire catalog to be available on Spotify, along with all of our podcast stuff, which already is. We're also available on iTunes, SoundCloud. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on all the major platforms. So reach out. Make sure if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel to do that. If you need to favorite our Spotify list, you can go and do that. Just search self-evident ministry. It'll pop right up. Um, And be sure to be leaving comments on Facebook. Share it. Let other people know about this. If you get a teaching that you think just hits home and somebody needs to see it, send it out to them. Let them know about it and let them know they are more than welcome to disagree with us. So with that, guys, I want to say I love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Have yourself a great night. Don't forget, always be truthful with yourself and with others. it with grace, but be truthful. All right. Love you guys.